This is Helping with Happiness, episode number 164. Today we have on Brittany Staker from the Eyes to See podcast, and she is teaching us all about what it is like to see the positive when you're losing your sight. Brittany has gone blind in one eye and is losing her sight in her other eye and walks us through her daily life and what that looks like, how she has the courage to face this hard time in her life. After we hear from Brittany, we also have a chance to hear from Lindy Shock in our Spoonful of Spirit segment. Lindy is the owner-creator at Enix Studies, and she's going to also give us kind of along the same line inspirational message about having faith over our fear. Hi, I'm Hilary Hess, and you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I am a crazy mom of seven kids who loves to build memories through eating delicious family recipes and going on adventures with my family. On this podcast, you'll be introduced to light-filled people and ideas that inspire me to be a better mom and help me bring family closer together and closer to Jesus Christ. Well, Brittany, I'm so happy that you could spend some time with me today. You're just such a gem and so fun to get to know. And I've been loving listening to your podcast and seeing your story on Instagram. I just think that you're such an incredible person. It really is making my day to be able to talk with you. So thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm so glad that I'm here and I love everything that you do. And it is an honor to be here with you today. Well, and it's so fun. We've bonded over you previously living in Texas. So tell us a little bit about where you are now. Okay. So currently we are here in Colorado Springs, Colorado, um, and we are trying to put down our roots. Um, We've moved around for the past 10 years um, between Virginia and Texas and now here. Um, But we're originally from Utah. So we have our, our main roots and family is all in Utah, but we're making our own path and hopefully we're here to stay in Colorado for a little while. So that's the plan anyway. <laughs> so fun. Okay. And so tell me about your family, kids and um, all those kinds of fun little details. Okay. So um, my husband, Derek, and we have been married for almost 20 years and we've got three kiddos. So my oldest is Austin and he is 16. Um, in Colorado, our permit, it's, it's weird here with driving. So he can have, he has to have his per, his driving permit for a year. So he is working on that. <laughs> so that's, that's a long process. time. That's a long time. So yeah, so he'll be, he'll be almost 17 by the time he gets his actual driver's license. So he's getting in his hours, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. So yeah, so Austin's <laughs> 16. Um, Camry is 13. She is her last year in middle school. And then Maya is 10 and she is in fourth grade. So that's kind of our family. Well, they need to come over right in with all of my kids. We're also drivers training right now. We can start it at 15. You have to have your permit for at least six months, but yeah. Yeah. In the throes, I feel like driver's training is like the true test of motherhood. It's so oh, terrifying. <laughs> it really, it no, it. I feel good thing my hair is dyed, but I probably have like lots of gray hairs. That's why I had to start going blonde because I was so gray. Uh, I had to pull oh, something out. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is trash. Like it has 
I don't know. It has put me past, like, I have tried to be patient and kind and understanding, <laughs> but like, I'm like, please, like, I pray. I pray. That's all. That's all I can do. I just pray. And I'm like, listen, like, please just get us to this destination safely and let's not get in an accident and don't hurt like my car. And, oh, I don't know. And I, I, the fact that I have two more to do, I just, I don't know. I can't think about that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it that far. It's so crazy. I'm on my third right now. And those prayers, you know, that used to be kind of just the automatic lessons to get there safe. Like those are really true dedicated prayers. Oh, if you want to know where your prayers are at is praying for yourself when your teenager is driving a car, like you can feel the like sincereness of that prayer that's how I gauge my prayers like is this just a prayer or is this like a prayer for my life like I need help so yeah no and sometimes I just have to close my eyes and I should be watching but I can't sometimes and I'm like you know what like Jesus literally take the wheel because I'm out so I'm I'm not doing this my husband my husband's a lot more like patient I shouldn't say I'm trying to be patient but he's more relaxed and like calm and I'm trying to be that way but I just know (laughs) I I have to like I have to pet myself like I have to pet talk myself to get in oh yeah I know and I always feel bad because my sweet son he's always begging me can we please go driving and I know he really needs to but oh it's just hard (laughs) well one day they'll drive by themselves and that is wonderful and terrifying that first little bit when they're driving oh. alone it's like ah I know I hope they're I know. making it we have that app you know the life 360 I don't know if you guys have that where you can track no. where your kids are once they're driving it's the best because I don't want to call him or text him when he's driving right because I don't want to yes, for sure but I want to see that he made it to where he should be yeah or are they on their way home anyway oh that's what's it called again life 360 we love it it's like such a game changer but yeah yeah we're gonna need that because yeah he he and he's a great driver like if he listens to this I better like make sure everybody knows he's he is a good driver and he and he is doing he I wouldn't put myself in a bad situation if he couldn't drive so he is, he's, he's improving. He's already gotten all of his hours that he needs. He just has just to do the, the wait for, mm-hmm. so he is, he's, and he's made, he's done really well. Like he's doing better. We're, we're making progress Good for him. So, Good. So yes. My oldest was my, my daughter, when she was learning to drive, I was pregnant with our seventh and she, I think just between that being my first driver and the pregnancy and I was just so stressed. And I just remember her, like, we've been driving for a while. And all of a sudden she's up on the sidewalk, like driving on the sidewalk. And I'm like hyperventilating. Like you need to get on the road. And she's like, it's okay, mom. I know where the hospital is. I said, you're going to put me into labor. She's like, it's okay. I know how to get there. Mom, I'm just learning. It's fine. She was totally relaxed. And I was like, <laughs> Hey, the good news is she remained calm. She That's did. I was not calm, but she was. No, <laughs> no, no. And I know that feeling like, like Austin had kind of cut a curve. Oh, if he hears this, he'll be so mad at me, but that's okay. If he cut the curve and like we were driving home from picking up my, one of my kids at school and he was driving 
And we kind of, you know, where you like hit the curb. It wasn't bad. It yeah. wasn't bad, yeah. but it was enough that I was like, I kind of did that brace thing. Oh, like I do that yourself. when anything happens. Yeah. Even like, when my husband drives, I do and that. He, Yes. And it drives like, my husband crazy. <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, you're just fun. And I was like, well, you kind of ran over the curb. And I have to like be calm when I talk because, because you don't want to upset a teenager driver driving because you don't know which way that's going to go. So you have to like <laughs> reel it in and be way uh, more calm than you normally would no, be. No, and my Apple watch will be like, breathe. Like, you know, like when you can tell that you're, and I'm like, Shh. like, I know I need to breathe. Just leave me alone. Please. <laughs> like I will breathe when I need to breathe. But right now I don't really want to. So it's, it's definitely, um, Brought, have a bonding time, but I'm ready to go to the next chapter of not more student driving. So we'll get there. Bring on August. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Okay. Yeah. Well, after all of this, like, this is just so fun. I think we could, I, I could just banter with you the whole time, but I guess we oh, should I could. tell our audience a little bit more about you. <laughs> so I, this is why I love you so much, though, because you've been going through this trial of this blindness, without, which I just can't even imagine, but you still have found your humor and kept your personality. And so will you tell us a little bit about what, what is it like? I mean, how did the blindness start? What is your day-to-day like? I mean, okay. just following your Instagram has been so eye-opening to me, and I just can't really imagine experiencing this in young motherhood, you know, when you have all your kids about you and anyway. Yeah, for sure. So I have always had horrible eyesight. I like, I was the girl that got glasses in third grade and like, luckily they changed the lenses. So they were a little bit thinner because I would have been that like massive Coke bottle girl. So I'm grateful for that. But um, a few years ago when we were living in Texas, actually, I had a regular eye exam it was time for a new prescription and um my eye doctor that I saw had just recently gotten new equipment um in his office which was I don't even know the name but it takes pictures of the backs of your eyes which I had never had that done before um an eye doctor can use a special tool that reflects when you get your eyes dilated so they can see but not to the extent with this machine so you know, they took pictures of the backs of my eyes. I didn't think twice about it. And so he came in um, to just like talk to me and make sure my prescription was good. And he asked me um, if I had trouble seeing at night. And I was, I, I was like, well, yeah, I've always kind of had that. Um, and I was like, well, why? And how do you know that? And he's like, so he brought up the pictures of my eyes and on um, you could see on the backs of my eyes, there's like these little like blood vessels everybody has and mine were turning black. And so I was like, well, that's strange. So he, you know, I'm a person that likes to like have a plan and fix things. So like if something's broken or something needs to be adjusted, like, well, let's just fix it. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm sure it's fine. Like, don't worry about that. And he's like, no. So he went on to tell me that I have this rare eye disease um, that's called retinitis pigmentosa, um, or for short, just RP is what it's called. And so basically what it is, because then it's taken me a few years to understand this process of 
why this happens and how it happens. But when you look out with your eyes, there's light that travels in and travels out, which allows you to see. And what helps you with that is this technical, they're like, they're called um, cones and rods. And so mine and my eyes are dying. And so there's no cure. And I remember him telling me that. And I remember thinking like, wait a second, what? Like that? No, 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 back up. (laughs) We need to go back a few steps because that's not what you see doctors say. Like you're supposed to fix things. And um, I was by myself. Um, because again, it was a routine. You thought eye. it was just some routine eye thing. Yeah, I and so I sat there and I was like, okay, well, if there's no cure, can we stop? Like, can we stop the progression? Like, is there something you can do? And he just kind of sat there and looked at me and was like, I'm so sorry, no. And so I was like, okay, well, what does this mean? Like, yeah. I, so now what? I don't, now, now what do we do? Like, is some like, am I okay for now? Like, what does this mean? And so. Basically, what it is, um, is the ro- the rods and cones are on the outside or behind your eyes. And so my peripheral vision um, is going to like close in. So it, they call it tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. And so basically, the best example that I can give is if you were to look inside a straw and you can see just the center, but you can't see anything else on the outside. And so I remember thinking, oh my goodness, like, I mean, the first reaction is like, what am I going to do? Like I have, at the time, my kids were a lot littler. This has been almost six years ago. And so my kids were a lot younger and I was like, what am I going to do? I I have a job. I work at the school. I have, I just didn't know where, I I couldn't even think of words. And so um, anyway, so I remember talking to my husband and calling him and I was like, couldn't even I couldn't even talk to him and I emotions hadn't hit yet it was more just like disbelief and kind oh, of yeah just shocked yeah exactly I was shocked I was and then Especially I was when you denial. haven't gone in there for that problem when you're just in there for a routine eyewear yes yes and so it was it was that was probably like in this whole journey probably one of the hardest moments was being there having someone tell you that you have this rare eye disease there's nothing they can do there's no cure and send you on your way and um I remember just kind of like thinking uh, my reaction honestly was like my life is like over like I don't how am I going to function um if I'm blind and I can't see and I think that the other thing that was hard was everybody that has this eye disease, which isn't a lot of people, it's so different. So a doctor Mm. can't go in and say, oh, this is your timeline. You have five years or you have 10 years or they don't know. And so that's been um, at the time I was like, what does that mean? Do I have years? Do I have, you know, 10 years, 20 years? And so, um, yeah, so Fast forward to now, well, I should go to, I guess, the fall of last year. Um, I had started to get these kind of weird waves and my, my night vision is completely gone. So I can't see at night anymore. Um, it's, it's just kind of, it's all black is the best way I can describe at night. So, um, I can't see the stars anymore. Um, if the moon's bright enough, I can see the moon. So that's good. Um, 
but last I want to say September um I had my eye my right eye was acting really weird and it was bugging me and um I thought you know something's off with it so I decided to take a nap and see if that would help and I when I um woke up I couldn't see out of my right eye um it was how terrifying it was it was it was gone and so I thought well maybe it's just tired so I maybe if I go to sleep again it'll wake up (laughs) no I really did that (laughs) I was like darn you nap you're supposed to help things not make things worse come on so I I thought maybe it was just you know a random thing that would eventually come back and it hasn't so I cannot see out of my right eye and my left eye at the moment I just had an eye doctor's appointment a few weeks ago and you can see that the progression of my left eye with the eye disease is starting to like close in further so my peripheral is off with my left eye too so anyways it's hard right I, I don't know. I don't want to sugarcoat it and have people be like, yeah, right. <laughs> no, I don't think you should sugarcoat, sugarcoat it. No. I mean, anything yeah. like, I mean, as I'm hearing you say this, it feels like it'd be really lonely because it's not like you have this community of people that are going through the same thing. Has that been one thing that's been maybe even hardest part of all of this? Yes. Yes. It actually has. And, um, it just because it's hard to explain to people what I see and what I can't see. And so that definitely has been hard for me. I guess one of the positives that has come is that um, because it is such a small group of people that have um, rare eye diseases and not just mine, but there's, there's a bunch all over the world. I've connected with people mm. um, with, I just met someone through Instagram who lives in England. Um, that has an eye disease that she's losing her vision and she's a mom. And so we've been able to connect and like, she gets it and she can say something and I'm like, I totally know what you're saying. And um, so that has been helpful for me is to find those connections of people that have what I have or something similar to be able to just kind of express like how you feel in the moment of, losing your vision and kind of what that looks like so but it's it's okay it's I'm learning I've learned to just kind of adjust as best as I can and obviously some days are better than others but but um day to day um so I teach early morning seminary um every morning um I this is my well I'm in my third year Hopefully I can teach in the fall too. So I'm going to say four years. So um, <laughs> I'm just going to bump it up. So in case they're listening, <laughs> four. So you um, must like it because I think I, that is amazing. Nothing. Okay. Well, let me back up though. Cause my, my seminary kids, they love to listen to, to podcasts. So I told them, cause if they hear me, they'll be like, wait a second. I am not <laughs> a morning person, but I fake it really well. And I like, have lots of energy I do anyways but I have to really bring it in the morning otherwise I'll fall asleep so yeah you and all the kids oh no well and they appreciate it so much (laughs) when they have a teacher that's not half asleep I know from having three kids that have done seminary 
they really appreciate those teachers that are awake and ready to go in the morning. Yes. Well, I'm awake. That's for sure. So (laughs) I, that's where my day starts. Um, And like I mentioned before, it's been a huge blessing. Um, Austin is in seminary and he can drive me because that's another thing. Are you can't drive, right? That has got to be. No, because it's dark in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, So luckily we live super close to the church. We're about like eight minutes from Mm -hmm. our ward building. So it's not too bad. And, but early morning seminary is usually dark. And so I can't see. And so he um, has been able to take that role and be my chauffeur to seminary every morning. And sometimes it's hard because he doesn't want to get up. And I'm like, I, I really need you to get up because I have to go. Teach. Yeah, you so, can't sleep sorry, in. Because you can't sleep in today. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful for that. And so um, he's, he's been a huge well, he's the reason why I can teach seminary in the morning. Cause if I didn't have him, I mean, my husband was like, if you ever need me to take you or something happens with Austin, like I will. So I know my husband will, but it's just so much easier and more convenient when you have to, my teenager's already going in the morning, so I can just hitch a ride. So yeah, so I do that every morning, Monday through Friday. And then um, I come home and I'm home all day. So um, that. Um, I was gonna say I was I was thinking about what is my day to day when when I was thinking about um, us chatting and I was like oh it's kind of boring <laughs> I was like what am I gonna say like um I clean my house and I I like I was telling my husband I was like what do I, I don't know what I like I know I do stuff but what do I do so that that has been kind of a hard thing for me is I'm homebound I'm home. Mm-hmm. I don't go anywhere. And so there's all, it's great. And I have lots of time to, you know, get laundry done, but you don't want to do laundry every day. No, I I probably (laughs) should. And so it's just, I, the best thing that has helped me is just trying to keep busy. I'll try to like get outside um, and just like walk around. I know my street well enough that I think I can get where I need to go and home sometimes my, my sweet husband will come home for lunch and he'll have lunch with me or he'll come get me and we'll go to lunch. So that, that has helped a ton too. And then, yeah, all my kids come home from school and we're, we're still home. So <laughs> that's the day. It has opened a lot of doors for me with realizing how much, I guess, how busy we get sometimes with life. And when you're confined to your house, you realize that you do have some time and so my scripture study has improved and just taking the time to like meditate and just feel peace because I feel sometimes when, when your life is chaotic or you're going through a trial, everything just seems really loud. And so I have moments when my kids are all at school to just like be quiet and listen and there's those good things. And then, but then it gets really lonely. So yeah. luckily I have two dogs. Um, I have two miniature schnauzers, so they're my, I talk to them <laughs> and and they're here. <laughs> so it doesn't sound so sad. I'm like the crazy lady with the two dogs. <laughs> At least you're not a crazy but, cat lady, right? I, that, <laughs> hey, yes, I'm allergic to cats. So I think Heavenly Father did that on purpose. He, he was like, I know what's going to happen with you. So let's have you not have cats. So yeah, so we, 
we've we've learned how to navigate. I'm trying. I'm still learning to try to navigate things with being home because I'm a girl that loves to go to Target just for fun. So that having so that silly. independence taken away, has that been kind yes. of the hardest thing? Yes, for sure. You don't realize how much you drive your car until oh, you can't drive your car. Totally. Like, and luckily, I'm, I mean, where we live right now, we're super close to Walmart. And so that's helpful. And I feel confident enough for where my eyesight is. And the eye doctor explained to me that I can drive during the day but just not very far. So if it's like five minutes from my house and I feel good about it, then I sometimes will go to Walmart. But then I say, I, so tell like, me about shopping. Like how is that vision wise trying to find all the things you need? I mean, is that just so frustrating? Yes. So yes. And it's funny you bring that up because I thought I, I felt confident with, with my shopping capabilities. And usually, honestly, I have someone with me, like either it's my husband or my kids. So they can like drive, like push the cart around. But yeah, like last, I think it was last week I was at Walmart. I was like, I'll just run really fast and go get a few things. I'm not going to go crazy. So I did, I went to Walmart and it was so busy. And normally that like, doesn't really stress me out. But when there's a lot of people, I'm consciously trying to be like, okay, where are you going? Cause I can't see over oh, here. Yes. And so, and then, you know, they have like the kiosk things in the middle of the aisles, which is so great. So I was like more worried about hitting someone with a shopping cart and like, how do I explain? I'm so sorry. Cause, and that's the thing people don't like people think if from the outside, I can see all as well. And so they don't oh, understand. You would never know like, by looking at you, you have trouble with your eyes. Oh. Yeah. Which is a good thing, you know, yeah. I'll take it. But like, at the same time, it's like, can be a little bit frustrating because it's like, I, I don't want to sit there and like, <laughs> tell you my whole life. You almost want to go around with like those dark glasses from the, <laughs> but then the you couldn't walkers. see it at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I thought about that. And then I was like, I just recently got a blind, like my blind cane that I need, I need to start using at night. Um, especially if I'm by like, I would never be by myself, but if for some reason my husband has to like go a certain way to talk with someone, I have can figure it out for the most part. So my husband's like, just take your blind stick to, to with you to Walmart. And I was like, yeah, but that like, no, because what am I going to do? Like, you know, hit things like. I just remember like the movie Robin Hood when he dresses yes, up. Yes, I'm and, totally picturing that in my head. <laughs> can you see this now where it's like he has the glasses and he's like, you know, he's trying to get money for the poor and he's like coming into the rabbit's house. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> but just envision Walmart. So I go into Walmart and like I said, it was super crowded and busy and I was just like trying to get out of there, trying not to hit anyone or anything. And I'm going down the aisle and like, I don't know what happened. Who knows? Because you can't see. So I just totally nailed something. I don't even know. And I was like, please don't be a person because that is going to be awful. Like, what if they're mad? Or what if I really hurt them? So I luckily, I just knocked over a whole bunch of cans. And I sat there and I was like, the, for my first reaction was like, run away. And then I was like, You're like, where do I go? <laughs> I don't know where I go. Because I'm going to trip over something or, and then it's going to be even worse. And then I'm going to be sitting on the floor. So I stand there and I'm like, 
I literally just like say a prayer. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, do I pick these up? Like, do I, of course I'm going to try to pick them up. And then, so luckily this sweet lady came up and she's like, are you okay? And I wanted to be like, no, I'm not. I'm running over things. I can't see. And I, I, anyways, I didn't do that, but I just was like, yeah, I'm okay. I was like, thank you so much for like helping me. And she's like, okay. She's like, did you just not see that, honey? And I was like, no, (laughs) you have no idea. I was like, I did it actually. So, so thank you for helping me. But so yeah, there's just, it's navigating a new normal and Mm -hmm. I, I'm still learning. I don't, I don't have that figured out yet. It's kind of just like day to day and Mm -hmm. each day brings something different that I have to like learn and you go from there. So, you know, it's one of those things that, oh, I forgot to tell you too. I, so I have a a small business that I started last year and this is before I lost my right eye sight. And it's the card, my yard, where you put the yard signs in the yard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, those are so fun with all the happy birthday signs or the graduation or whatever. I know they have them where you are. Oh, yes. They're very popular in Texas. Yes. Y'all are busy over there. So um, (laughs) I wish sometimes, yes, you're just busy. You're busier than here. But it probably makes sense because our our ground here is like cement, but that's okay. So (laughs) it is like, I don't even know. That's another, that's another podcast day but no it I have learned so that's a big thing I have to you have to drive mm-hmm. to put the signs in at people's houses and so that was a huge concern last fall how if this was even going to work doing that and so again luckily like my son is able to drive and so I get the signs ready at home and he drives me and we just kind of tag team it and I wear knee pads so in case I trip or fall <laughs> my knees my will be protected <laughs> so you know it's just, love that I, he helps you I think that is so sweet and such a neat thing for him to learn how to take care of someone like that I think that that is not probably the way that you want him to learn that but oh. I think what a great lesson for him in his life to learn how to have compassion for people like that yeah and he's and that he's had to learn that pretty quick and I'm, like you said, ideally, I wish we didn't have to do that. I wish it was a little bit different, but you know, and my husband, he has his full-time job, but he's always awesome about stepping up and he'll go pick up signs for me. Cause that's one less thing we have to worry about and he'll come and help set up. So anytime that he can come to, I, he, I'm, I'm super grateful. So yeah. So that's kind of the day today wow. that we kind of do. So so what gives you strength to press on? I'm sure some days are just so much heavier than others. I mean, every day has got to be, there's got to be different little things that frustrate you. Yeah, yes, <clears throat> for sure. Really, honestly, the main strength that keeps me going is my savior, because I feel like he's the only person that ultimately knows how I'm feeling about things and understand um how I'm how I'm feeling and I I I genuinely feel like he can I don't know I always have thought like he can see he knows how what I can and can't see and so he knows I heard I don't know where it was but I heard a few weeks ago that someone who was going through a significant trial had said 
instead of asking God, like, why, why am I having to go through this, this trial? This person said, well, I think God must really love and care about me. And I, when I first heard that, I was like, <sighs> <laughs> not feeling that <laughs> right. this moment. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, that is so nice. But I don't, I don't, I didn't understand. I should say at first. And so um, it always pops into my head if I'm kind of having like a rough day. Sometimes, you know, like I said, day, some days are better than others. And so I just think, you know, so many of us have hard trials and obviously losing your vision and going blind is obviously kind of a big one. But it's a huge I've, one, yes. Yeah, I've seen, I mean, everybody, whether they talk about it or not, um, is going through something. And so I know that like, really, if you can really rely on your savior, then he's going to help you through it because he knows who you are and where you came from and what you can become. Um, but you just have to put your trust in his plan. And yes, sometimes it doesn't make sense. And sometimes it's really hard, but I've learned through the good days and the bad days is that the days that are extra harder for me, I, I think to myself, well, maybe I haven't really relied on the savior today. Maybe it's kind of one of those days where I've forgotten. Maybe I need to do better about praying right in this moment of how I'm feeling. And so I think sometimes we just take a step back and think he is there. He's always there with us. And so like the story of the blind man, when Christ kills the blind man and how he was blind his whole entire life. And he was always, you know, I'm sure I kind of can understand his, yeah. and I'm not, I haven't been blind my whole life. So I've seen a, lo- a lot of things that are amazing and I'm so grateful. But in some ways, do you only- think sometimes that's harder because it's like, you know what you're missing? Is that? Yes. Yes. A part and that. It, yes, absolutely. I mean, um, where we live in Colorado, the stars are gorgeous out here. And um, being so high up in, in the, you know, elevation in the mountains, they're stunning. And I know they're there. I do. I don't think they disappeared. Um, but they did for me. And so it makes me miss things. I miss, I miss seeing those things. And so I've really relied on that story because the savior came to him in a time when his life was messy. And he was having a hard time. And I felt like the Savior met him in his mess and was willing to go get dirt and make mud. And I've always thought that was such an interesting part of the story, just because here is like he could, it's it's the Savior, right? He can do whatever yeah, he, he wants. He doesn't need the mud. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't need mud. He is just fine with no mud. But to me, like it was that willingness of him willing to get dirty, to be in that moment and be okay. I'm here with you. We're going to do this together. You just have to trust me. And so it just shows me. And I think it can show everyone that, you know, in your life, that could be messy or trials that you're going through that he is there and it gives you that hope that you know whether my eyes are miraculously healed in this life which could totally happen and I have faith that if that's God's will then it will but if they're not 
then I know with all my heart, they will be in the next life. And Mm -hmm. that will be so great. And I'll feel so much joy and being able to see things that I've missed seeing. And it'll just be that, I don't know, just a special place in my heart that I look forward to, to the day that I can see again. That's so so beautiful. I don't think I'll ever think of that story again the same. I'm so glad that you shared that. What a neat parallel. You have, what are some of the tender mercies that you've seen? Oh, I have, you know, there's been so many. Tender mercies are my favorite. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I love tender mercies. I call them hugs from heaven is what I call them. Because I feel like the Heavenly Father's like, it's going to be okay. Here's a little hug. And so one, and I've mentioned it a few times, is my son being able to drive. I cannot stress that enough because he can pick up my youngest from school. Mm-hmm. Um, he can he can do all these things. And the doctors at the beginning of my journey did not know. You know, they didn't know that I would lose my eyesight and my right eye. That's not like that's usually not the case, but it can happen. And so I always think to myself, God knew I was going to need a son who could drive at 16 to help me get around. He put him in exactly the right time of when, you know, he needed to be born. And he knew that my eyes, my right eye was going to go out right as soon as he got his learner's permit. And so God knew. And I had, it's those moments when I realized God knew before I even knew mm-hmm. that he he was going to give me a son who could drive and then when my son's gone and on his mission I have a daughter who's going to be able to drive and then after her I have another one so he's his hand is in everything so that's been a tender mercy another one off the top of my head is my friends and family and our ward that in our in our area they've really been so sweet in taking me to appointments or Mm taking my kids to school or um, I have an awesome friend in, in my ward who has become my kid's cool mom part two because she like takes them all these fun places and takes them skiing and takes them ice skating and so um, it makes me feel like they're not being gypped because mm-hmm. I can't and my husband's at work and so it's been it's been a humbling experience just having them help me but everyone is so willing to help and I'm so grateful for that. And so they're my angels here on this earth that really, really help me out when I can't do it myself. So my other one is Walmart delivery. Oh yes. Where was that when I had pregnancies and all these new babies? Oh my goodness. So it's so like, I, I, I kind of, I laugh, but it's, so true so like I don't know I don't know how old I was trying to think how old Walmart delivery is like is it over like is it 10 years or is it not even I don't know I don't feel like it is I mean if it has been then I didn't know about it at first or maybe it wasn't in my area that makes me feel better yeah I don't but I just know it kind of started coming around about the time at least here when my youngest was born so like four years ago maybe okay and I really wish that it was around like 15 years ago because that would have been really great that is a tender mercy and and whether you're blind or not or if you have kids or not like walmart delivery is like it is the best so yeah it's awesome 
Um, so how so are you can... at seeing like computer screens to be able to order your groceries? Are you able to do that or do you need help doing that as well? No. So I can see, I have my blue light glasses that will mm-hmm. help with the screens and stuff. And I'm okay too. Sometimes I have to like squint a little bit, but mm-hmm. Walmart knows me so well. That's what's always in my shopping cart. So usually I, I love like... that they remember your favorite things. Yes. It's so nice. Oh, Dr. Pepper again. <laughs> so anyways, so that's, that's a tender mercy um, for me. Um, it because it, it 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 I literally like I think as a mom, um, that that's a big part of my role is yeah. making sure we have food and making dinner and I can still do those things, but it takes a lot of the pressure off of me having to go and get groceries and then yeah. come home and you know it's just it's been so amazing. And then just lastly, my sweet husband. He is my other tender mercy that I'm just so grateful for. Um, years ago, I made a list before we got married of what I wanted him to be. And he had every characteristic. And I was so happy that Heavenly Father sent him to me 20 years ago. He knows when I've had, like, you know, when you've been with someone so long, you can't, like, hide mm-hmm. if you're, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're bugs or mm-hmm. you're having a hard day. So that's him. He knows. And he will be like, let's go get some ice cream tonight because I know that you've been home all day. Or um, he knows, he just knows when I need something. And so honestly, like, again, God knew I was going to need a husband that would be supportive and helpful and know that he wouldn't, you know, because it's a lot. It's a lot for, I, I mean, I know how I feel but I can only imagine how he feels with, you know, his wife is losing her, her sight and kind of how overwhelming that could be. And so God knew I needed a a sweet hubby that could help me. So he is my, he's my other tender mercy that I've got. So I'm grateful for that one too. Oh, those are such good ones. I love those hugs from heaven. As you say, that's, those are are my favorite. So wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, they're my favorite. Were there any other lessons that you've learned from these struggles that you wanted to share with us? Um, probably the one that comes to mind is letting people in. Um, Which is I so think, hard. Oh. It's so much easier to be the giver yes. than the receiver. Yeah. It's the worst. It's the and worst. I, Especially when you really no way you can ever repay. It's like, I don't even know how to reciprocate yes. this. It, oh, see, it like even makes me like, even just saying that makes me be like, oh, I don't want to talk about this, but it like, it, it is, if you can do it and let people in and bring them into your story, even if it's not a good story, or even if your life, like I mentioned before is messy. If you just let them in to love you and to serve you and like, it's so hard to do. And if you're stubborn, I don't think I'm stubborn, but I can be stubborn. Mm -hmm. I don't, but that's even harder because you're like, no, I'm fine. I can do it by myself. And I can't, like you say that statement and then, and I used to say it all the time, but literally now I can't, I can't say that. I can't be like, oh, I'll just do it by myself. Like but I have can't. to rely. Yeah. No, I can't. And so that's another thing where I'm like asking, asking like friends, like, cause I've had so many people reach out to me, like, please let me know if I can take you somewhere or if I can help with something. And having the courage to pick up your phone and call or text someone to ask them to help you is like, Oh, 
terrible. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's going to get any easier, but like, I would rather, there was one thing I had an appointment and I, I, it was like seven miles away. And I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I'm not asking anyone. I'm just walking seven miles. And my husband <laughs> looked at me and he's like, Brittany, you are not walking seven miles. I will call all everybody I know and have them take you. And I was like, no, I'm not asking anymore. And it was one of those moments where I was just being stubborn, but everyone is so willing. I just have to be the person to let them in mm -hmm. and just tell them how I'm feeling so they can kind of bear that burden with me. So it's yeah. not so lonely. Like they may not be able to understand completely of like how I'm feeling or what I see. They'll be able to bear it with me. So I don't feel yeah. so alone, you know, another thing that I can think of is just like I mentioned before, turning to the savior. I have had to take his hand like, if he was like literally standing, I think of this all the time. If the savior is standing next to you, which we hear all the time that he's always by you, he's walking with you. One, do you really believe that? And two, are you willing to like take his hand mm -hmm. and have him walk with you on your journey? And I've realized he does. You just have to extend your hand because his hand is already there. And so turning to him is a big, is a big lesson I've learned because I've done the opposite. And it hasn't got me very far. I've learned that I, it is good to embrace your emotions. Like if you are upset or angry or having a hard day, like embrace that, but just don't stay there um, mm -hmm. because it, you go to a place that's not good. But having the Savior there. The other thing that I had been thinking about was um, that just that prayers, your prayers are always heard and answered, but <laughs> in his way and his time. Yeah. Um, my family has been praying um, ever since I lost my eyesight in my right eye. Our family prayers were centered around, please bless mom's eyes. Please bless mom's eyes that they'll work again. Please bless mom's eyes that she can see tomorrow. And every, for the first month, I literally would wake up and be like, oh my gosh, today's the day. And I'd open my eyes and I'd be like, <laughs> dang it. And so what was hard for my kids was, is that my kids, they call their, well, especially when they're littler, but they, their magic prayers, when they've lost something, if they pray to Heavenly Father, it magically appears and everything is great. And so I think that inside of them, they were expecting that. And yeah. when it wasn't happening and we were going weeks, I could tell they were like hesitant. It's really testing to, their faith. To, yeah. To ask like, well, maybe like they didn't, uh, you could see their mind processing, like, well, what do we do? Why is this not working? Or should we not say that anymore? And so we had to have a family discussion about, yes, God hears and answers our prayers. And he, and he is there. It's just sometimes it's, it's in his, it's on his court and not that you shouldn't have faith. And you know what, maybe tomorrow I will wake up and I can see tomorrow, but if I can't, that doesn't mean that he's mad or he's not listening or has nothing to do with that. We still have to have faith in his plan. It just not may not be the way we want wanted it to go or to have it turned out. And so I tell him all the time, I'm like, whether or not my eyes are healed and keep praying for it, because I know that that is important. Just know that he still loves our family. He still loves me. He still loves everyone. It's just, that's just not in his timetable right now. So those are a few of the lessons that I've learned that 
have kind of stuck with me through this process. And I'm sure there's many more that I'll continue to learn, but those are my top ones. I love those. Those are big lessons for young kids to learn too. Those are, those are tough ones. But I think I love that you're teaching them faith even in the heart and not to just succumb to the despair, you know? We're just going to keep fighting and keep trying and figure out new ways to handle the situation that we're in. I think that's so powerful. Yeah, I agree. And it, and it has, I mean, they've had to, they've had to really like learn and I, I don't want to say they've like questioned their faith or anything and maybe they haven't, they just haven't told me, but it's been great to see them just kind of accept Mm -hmm. that answer of God's will right now and move forward and not just um, get hung up on, well, why is this happening? And why would, why won't he heal mom's eyes? And instead just being like, well, this is what it is. And he still loves us and we can move forward with his help. So awesome. I love it. Well, let's talk about your podcast really quick. Cause you have a podcast and let's tell everybody where they can find it and what it is and what made you like, what got you to start a podcast? Okay. What's yeah, it called? So- Tell us the, first of all, what is it called? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting way ahead of myself here. No, no, you're okay. It's okay. It's all looped in together. It's all good. It's all the same. So the name of my podcast is eyes to see podcast. Um, you, you can find that on Instagram um, or Facebook. And it, like I said, it's just eyes to see podcast. Make sure you put the podcast on there. Cause that's what it will come up. Um, but I actually started it. I was like over a year ago. Um, I started it last January of 2021 and, um, it was actually during a time when I just kind of felt like stuck almost like I needed a voice to kind of process how I was feeling and my emotions. And, but at the same time, I didn't want to be like a bah humbug Scrooge Mm -hmm. either. So I was like, well, I got to find the balance. Um, of being positive and uplifting, but also being real. And so I wanted, the idea kept coming to me to do a podcast. And I was like, oh, that's a bad idea. (laughs) That is is not good. I don't think anyone will listen. I was like, like, if I get one person, I will be shocked. And so my husband was like, you should do it. You should do it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. So anyways, I ended up jumping on and was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I was as time went on, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised that people actually listened to it. Which I, of I'm course, super grateful I for. Totally listen. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just feel like there's so much um, negativity in the world. Um, I also feel like there's so much going on in people's lives. And sometimes it's hard to see the good in things when things are not good. Yeah. And so my hope with my podcast is that, you know, that I can encourage people to look and see for, see the good. And even though, um, you know, I'm physically losing my vision, that doesn't mean that I need to lose hope or that they need to lose hope in their situation. And so, um, yeah, I just, I want them to have hope. That's really my main thing with my podcast is walking away, feeling that, um, life is okay. It's going to be okay. And like I said, with the savior by your side, you can do anything. You just need to walk with him and not just stand there. <laughs> Sometimes that happens too. Um, 
I'm ten I tend to be like, whoa, <laughs> I don't want to keep going. Let's just stop right here for a second, which sometimes you have to do too. But so yeah, so I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. Um my podcast um is on all platforms. So it's on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and there's some other ones. I don't even know what they're called. But <laughs> I know the feeling. I'm like, I don't know. I think it's everywhere. No, I, I like <laughs> got on the other day and I was like, what's this? Like I asked this is embarrassing. I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but one of the things was web browser. And I was asking my teenagers, I'm like, what do you mean web browser? I'm like, what is that? And my oldest is like, you know, when you search in Google and I was like, oh, (laughs) so if you're one of those people, great. Welcome to the club. I know who you are now. Thank you you for listening. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Tell your friends. (laughs) I appreciate your 6% on, on web browser. So thank you. So so yes, and you know, life happens, right? So I tried at the beginning, I was really gun ho with episodes and they were like coming out and like, oh, it was great. And then summer hit and um, we moved to our temporary house while our other house was being built. And so life just got crazy and the podcast kind of had to take a back seat for a little yeah. bit, but I'm trying to be better and I don't know how frequently, but I it, it's coming. It's, it's coming. coming back. It's coming. So no, I think that that's important to let things ebb and flow as they need to go. This just this past school year, I switched from weekly podcast to monthly podcast and mm. it's actually brought so much more peace into our family yes. life because I'm not hustling to find a guest every week and just the editing. And as much as I loved so much talking to my guests and I love yes. promoting all of that light and good, it just, I feel like it's just better for my family when I can just focus on one a month and then I can talk about that that account or that person for the whole month and I don't have to say okay you get six days and then we're gonna (laughs) it's a new week we gotta forget about you we gotta start focusing on the new person or you know I, I just feel like there's so much more time and I think that it's been so great I've loved doing that I feel like my work can be more quality I'm not trying to do it in a time crunch and I'm not staying up until one or two in the morning or something editing something to come out the next day or you know it's just so much better well and that's the one thing I've realized is that before I started my podcast I had no idea what goes into getting it like editing and getting it ready and then posting and then advertising for it like it's a process and when you're turning it around once a week it's a lot especially when you're doing mom stuff and if you have other you know you have your other side business and yeah yeah it just got to be like okay I think I'm losing some of the joy in this because of the rush (laughs) you know and my family is definitely losing the joy for us (laughs) (laughs) But it was great because it was a way way I could still do it because I love it. I don't know. Maybe it'll hang around and it'll free up some time for some other projects. Well, I feel like, and that's the one thing I've learned too with this whole podcasting is that, yeah, you've got to do what works for you and and you've got to balance everything else. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I told my husband because he was like, you need to do another episode because it'd been a while. And I was like, I know. But I kept telling him, same thing. Like, I want quality on there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just hurry and put something out where people are like, well, nah. You can tell she <laughs> didn't have time this week. <laughs> oh, that's what happens when she has 30 minutes. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I think it's important. I mean, with all things, not right. Not just the podcast. Yeah. I mean, every season is different with you, depending yep. on what your kids need and what your husband yeah. needs and your health. And so Absolutely. I think that it's great. You just have to figure out your pace at the time and yeah. run sometimes and lay on the bed and nap other times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exactly. That's, those are good days for sure. So I know what those days are. <laughs> well, sure. I, I'm going to link up to all of these different places where we can find you on our show notes okay, so that awesome. our friends listening can just go straight Thank there. You. And was there anything else that you'd like to share? Um, you know, um, just in closing with this, I guess the one thing that I want to share is that when we all have our dark days, um, or hard times, and we will, it's just, that's part of life, right? Um, to remember that we all um, are born with the light of Christ, and that he's always with you. And there was a quote by Amanda Gorman a few years ago, and she said, I love it. I have it written in my, in my bathroom, but it says, there's light as long as we are brave enough to see it. There is light as long as we are enough to be it. Mm. And so there will be times and there's been times in my life where, you know, you might be that light and there will be times when others are going to give you some of their light to keep you going. And we all need each other. Um, that's the one thing that I've learned in this process is that we really need to rely on each other and help each other. And we need to share our light. Um, because the world can be a dark place. And so um, the other quote that I just wanted to share um, was with Jeffrey R. Holland and his quote, which I seriously say to myself almost like twice a day, but I have it on my phone, but it says, don't give up. Don't you quit. You keep walking. You keep trying. There's help and happiness ahead. A lot of it. You keep your chin up. It'll be all right in the end. Trust God and believe in good things to come. And so that's what I want to end with because um, when we focus on that and we trust God and believe in good things to come, they will. And I know that. So thank you. That is one of my favorite quotes too. I love that one. Thank yes, you so thank you. much. This has been such You're a welcome. treat, Brittany. Oh, thank you for having me. I want you to come over here and we'll just talk <laughs> all day long and I'll cook you food and you tell me about all oh, the things girl. that you're learning when teaching and doing. And it's just been a, such an amazing time to be able to be with you oh, today. I have had a blast. And when I'm in Dallas, I'll, I'll be sure to come say hello. Yes, do. Please <laughs> do. Okay, so we have Lindy on here for our Spoonful of Spirit. Lindy is from Enix Studies and just one of my dear friends. And I love that we have this little segment to talk about Come Follow Me. It's a curriculum that we follow for Sunday School for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And Lindy has these awesome packets for families to do to supplement their home church. And so, but she's, you've got some coupon codes for us. So let's talk about that really quick, Lindy. Yeah, um, there is a, a digital subscription where you can download it and then um, print it yourself. But the coupon code that I have today is for the physical version where we print it and send it to you in the mail, which just takes away one step. And it's fabulous. I love it. <laughs> and, the and it printing reminds me is, to do it because when yeah. it comes, I'm like, oh, yes, we got to do this. 
Yeah. And you, your kids can write their name on their own packet. And so my kids love it because then like, yeah, it's, it's fun. They see it and they're like, can we do that? <laughs> yes. Yes, we can. Yeah. So the coupon code for the physical version is uh, we're still in beta test trying to figure out all of the bugs and stuff for the website and the printer and stuff. But so the, the coupon code is beta 25 off. So beta spelled out B-E-T-A 25-O-F-F. And that will give you 25% off of the physical version for the life of your subscription. Woohoo! Thank you for helping us beta test and figure out all of the bugs. Twenty-five <laughs> off. Oh, I really, I really love both subscriptions. I love the digital because once they're all written on, if I want to print it off again, I can do oh, yeah. that. And I love having that. It's kind of an archive. But I just for the actual day to day doing it, it's so nice to just have it printed off on really nice paper and really beautiful ink, so I don't have to. Yeah have my computers out of ink again or the red's gone so everything's yellow or whatever it is yeah yeah my sister has them sent to her for her kids but then for her uh, primary class she has the digital that she yeah so yeah I love it yeah. and I love the the print off too because if for some chance maybe we don't get to it when we're doing our family lesson together I still have it for them to work on while they're doing church or maybe while we're having our scripture study and my little ones just kind of need something to keep them busy. So yeah. it's been really great to have. So, yeah, great. Yay. Okay. Well, let's talk about this week's lesson or this yes. month since we're doing the monthly podcast now. Yes. So April is the Exodus. So that is um, at the end of March, we, it was when Moses was a baby and then also had his burning bush experience. And so then April moves right into the plagues and, and the parting of the Red Sea and their, their journey in the, the wilderness. And it's interesting. So the, what I want to talk about, there's so many lessons, so many things. That there are, there's there, so right? much. But what I wanted to talk about was murmuring. The, the two places, and there's probably more in the scriptures, but the two big places that talk about murmuring are the Israelites in the desert. And because of their murmuring and lack of faith, they had the opportunity to stay in the wilderness for 40 years. <laughs> what a nightmare. Well, they were prepared <laughs> to be able to be a righteous people in the promised land, right? Oh, poor people, man. Don't you think the Lord was just like, can you guys just get it together? I really want to bless you. Would you quit complaining? Yeah. And if you see their journey, it's like mapped out. There's some experts that map it out and they're just like, <laughs> it was winding around. Oh man. Oh, what lovely people. I can't even imagine what they went through. You know, like the pioneers, you know, and the pioneers were only a few years, not 40 years. And then the other places, Laman and Lemuel, right? They're murmuring. And so I want to bring that a little bit into this lesson too, because here's what my, my observation of us today in this life or in this, this day and age is that when we read these scriptures and we say, oh, those Israelites, they didn't have enough faith. <laughs> they know that manna would fall from heaven. <laughs> you know, like they're in the wilderness and there's no food. They're in the desert, basically. No food. They don't know where they're going. 
back in Egypt, they were slaves, but they say to Moses, at least we had a home and we had food. <laughs> you know, out here, we don't have water. We don't have food. It's better that we are slaves there than to die here in the wilderness. That's what they told them, which come on. I mean, really, like you look at our day and age now, like, could you imagine if you started running out of food? You know, we have our food storage. We have the grocery stores that like the food is just given to us. We have to pay for it, but we don't have to work for it. You know, and and could you imagine if that dried up and people don't have gardens and they don't have food storage? Can you imagine the chaos and the murmuring that might just happen in our in our own like you know churches and and wards and neighborhoods? You know, it, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. So it's one of those things where like let's look at ourselves and go, are we really? judging the Israelites for murmuring about not having food and water. So I want to talk about some of the things that that murmuring really implies, right? We're having a mothering moment right now for those of you listening. It is, I just want everybody to know that Lindy is so awesome and has a husband who travels a lot of the time, like at least half of the time, if not more of the time. And she is doing all of this on her own with her baby's in the house so not only planning these lessons getting all of these really cool things together getting a subscription but also trying to do interviews with a sweet little tiny happy person in the background so I'm just so grateful that you'll even try this when it's so hard sometimes oh thank you yes well if you hear her singing in the background (laughs) that's our that's our back soundtrack (laughs) yes i have my playing to to boost the the soundtrack (laughs) i love it i love it so murmuring oh i want to teach us a little bit of a, a background to murmuring or like the the what it really is so so murmuring if you look at the the israelites and laman and lemuel The things that they were murmuring about were the things that they feared. Both Israelites and Laman and Lemuel, they all had miracles that happened. They all repented frequently and turned to God often. I mean, if you read Laman and Lemuel's story, if you isolate that and look at it, they repented every time. Every time they got mad and tried to hurt Nephi and then they were, their hearts were softened and Nephi says... Okay, go, go repent. And they did, they would go repent and they would come back and be like, I'm sorry, let's keep going. (laughs) You know, the Israelites too, they had slavery and then they saw miracles in, in how they got away with first the plagues and then the, the Red Sea, like they believed, they knew God had power, right? Every time they come, came up to something that was hard, then they would murmur and they would say, we're at the Red Sea. Moses, what are we supposed to do? You know, we're going to die now. Um, and to and their credit, I would probably freak out too if yeah, I saw a big yeah. sea there because I'd never heard of anybody parting a sea before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even now, even now, even though we know that that can happen, can you imagine if we came I up to I can't imagine that sea? happening to me. No, yeah. no, because even right now they're like, well, God can do that, but I don't think he will in this day and age, you know? <laughs> So yeah, they come up and then they're in the wilderness and it's been two and a half months and they're in comparison, you think about the two and a half months versus the 40 years, right? Two and a half months into it, they're like, Moses, 
we're hungry, we don't have water, we had all of our comforts there, and yeah, we were in slavery, but at least we had our homes and our food, you know, and so then, in fact, Moses, when he goes to the Lord, he's like, and one of the times he's like, I'm pretty sure they're going to stone me. That's what he says to the Lord. <laughs> Could you help me out here? Because they're going to stone me. And the Lord heard their murmuring. And, and he brought, when they were hungry, he sent manna. And when they were thirsty, there were two times that they didn't have water. One of the, well, one of the water, the water tasted really gross. And so Moses asked Heavenly Father what to do. And he's like, throw this tree in it. And so he threw the tree in it and it sweetened the water and they could drink it. And then the other time is when he hit the rock and the water flowed, you know, they didn't have any water and then he hit the rock and it flowed. So there's three, well, if count the Red Sea, um, four times that they really were like in a bind and would murmur. And you look at Laman and Lemuel and the times that they would murmur are times that they were afraid times that they thought they were going to die, times that they thought that destruction was imminent, you know, and even though they heard their father say that Jerusalem's destruction was imminent, but what was real for them right then was that Laban is going to kill us right now. We need to go. I don't care about the records. We need to go, you know, like those kinds of experiences. And we, we often say, well, I, I am like Nephi and Laman and Lemuel were terrible people, you know, like they're like the rest of the world, but we are Nephi. And I just want to like bring some reality back to us that if you look at what we're doing right now, is the Lord not preparing us? Is this not our test to have us look inward and being like, we are murmuring. We don't have faith that God can can save us from the pandemic we don't have faith that um that our financial struggles will will work out and that our family will be taken care of and the nation will be taken care of and you know like all of these things where we're lacking faith and i i believe that heavenly father is this is our preparation for us to stop murmuring and unite and have faith that God can help us no matter what, if we run out of food, if we run out of money, if the whole world is dying from a a bug, if all of these things, can God fix it? And if we can go into these experiences with faith and not fear, fear creates violence. It creates division. It creates rash decisions. We do things to other people that we would normally never do, but it's because we're afraid and that fight or flight and that survival instinct kicks kicks in, right? It's a chemical thing in our body that happens. Um, It creates illness in our, in our own bodies. When we hold on to fear, then it creates actual illnesses for ourselves. But if we can then go into those experiences of, you know, whatever's coming up, who knows what's coming up, right? The pandemic was a huge surprise. And like, and then there was earthquakes and floods. And right now, like, I have a saying that I made up, I'm going to coin it, (laughs) that we don't have weather anymore. We have severe weather. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. We had quite the year last year with our ice storms and all the horrible things that are happening in Texas. Yeah. 
yeah, so. having yearly ice storm usually, but nothing like a full week long with power out and water out. And, I mean, and it's happening crazy. everywhere, you know, yeah. like you're having ice storms and it, like, it's just everything, everything is crazy. We had two hurricane level uh, wind storms that <laughs> just don't happen. We don't have weather. We have severe weather trademark. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but these things that are happening, if we can go into it saying, Heavenly Father, I'm afraid. Will you please help me to have faith and to show me a way to have peace in this situation? And if we can do that and we can rid ourselves of the fear, which is not easy. And that's the thing is, it's not to say that you can't have fear right when you find something out, right? When you, when you initially find out, oh, there's a pandemic and people are dying in hordes. That is something you can have, you know, like your natural reaction is fear and protection. So I have like major fear that I'm working on about a natural disaster happening to me and me being alone with or without my girls. My biggest fear is to have my girls at school or at a friend's house and I can't get to them and I'm alone and I'm trying to save my girls and my husband is in another state, you know? Now there is something about at least having your family around you when you're in a situation like that, where, okay, we're at least going to hunker down together being apart in that unknown. Yeah. That is just, I have visions of my kids being stuck somewhere and being scared and not knowing what to do. And their mom and their dad are not there. Like that's my biggest fear. Like I just want them close so that I can comfort them and we can, you know, pray together and we can whatever. So my big, my big, prayer is heavenly father just inspire me to be in a place if there is a natural disaster help me to have my girls around me whether that means not sending them to school that day or whatever please help me to have them with me and and that's where like my faith i have a fear of this heavenly father can you help me to have this faith so that i can let go of this fear and know that that I can be with my girls in a natural disaster. And that's, you just that's, go one step further and pray for us not to have a natural disaster. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I think at this point we need to weather the storm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm just teasing. We know that's supposed to happen, but oh, I know there's I know. some hard things that are coming. And that maybe the thing is like, have faith that you will be taken care of through the storm. You know, sometimes he calms the storm. Sometimes he calms the child. Yeah. Um, so, so some of those things where if we can have faith that God can and will protect us and, and that whatever happens is for our good, whether it's death or trials or you know, traveling in the wilderness without water or food, is the Lord going to really take care of us? And the answer to that is yes. And if you can have that faith, then the murmuring is easier not to do because it goes fear, murmur, and then, and then cycle, you know, violence, rudeness, um, and then repentance. But if we can go fear, pray, faith, it stops that cycle right there. It stops the cycle. And here's my challenge is to look at and really look at where you are murmuring and not compare yourself to Nephi, but compare yourself to Laman and Lemuel and the Israelites where when there's scary things that happen, 
what is your reaction? And if we can together as individuals and as a church and as a world, if we can um, turn that fear into faith, then Satan loses his power. Fear is perpetuated by Satan because of the incredible effect it has. And faith is perpetuated by God because of the powerful effect it has. And so when we feel that fear coming on, if we can change it to faith and not murmur, then together as a, as a church and as a people, we can come into the, the, the land of promise, the promised land, which is for us when Christ will come again. And we're being prepared. And if we can look inward and stop murmuring, then I think that our 40 years can be shortened. <laughs> so. I love that. I've just been taking all these notes while you've been talking. <laughs> I keep thinking about already lots of areas of my life where I could apply the, and it only, it even actually takes us back to last month's lesson that was about relationships. Cause a lot, of, I'm realizing a lot of fears that I have are in relationships that are sometimes volatile or just don't go quite the way that I'd like them to. So this is going to be a really good marrying of both of those lessons (laughs) for me to be able to go through and really spend some time with myself and the Lord figuring out how I can have better faith to have success. So I have one thought just that in you saying that um, I invite you also to not do it in shame. You know, as you look at, at your patterns, Um, Be very loving and forgiving to yourself because we're only learning about our weaknesses and our, and our situations so that we can then be better. This is not like a, Oh, I've been doing this my whole life. I'm a terrible person. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, The Israelites made it to the promised land and, you know, like, and they were a lovely people. We all have weaknesses. So as you're working on some of these things, just be very forgiving and loving to yourself. Perfect. Perfect. 